what was the objective in decriminalizing those drugs? Their idea was that this would reduce stigma. Fortunately, the government is only telling half the story and they've only put half the work in. Okay, so that's just another little clip there from that controversial video we're talking about this morning. Now, we have a public health crisis in our province when it comes to overdoses and addiction. Nowhere is that more evident than on the downtown east side. It is a tragic situation there. It's also ripe to potentially be exploited by people who want to get attention, which is what seems to happen earlier this month when a YouTuber from the United States decided to take a tour of the area. There has been a lot of criticism of that video. People say the conditions were skewed, the locations inaccurate, that vulnerable people were ambushed on the street and used as clickbait. One of the video creators actually is even facing charges in Oregon of theft, identity theft and misconduct. But also in that video, an appearance from BC United MLA Eleanor Sturko, and there are questions about why. So we thought, well, let's ask her about that. She joins us now. Eleanor Sturko is with us, BC United Shadow Minister for Mental Health and Addictions and Recovery. Thanks for being here. Well, thanks for having me this morning. Good morning to me. Good morning. So why did you appear in this video? Well, I didn't know I was going to appear in the video, to be honest. I had received an email from um, a member of the public, someone who has contacted me on, um, you know, through my social media. And it wasn't one of the two people who were involved in the making of this video, but they said they had a friend who was going to be making a documentary um, about Vancouver and would I take a phone call with them. And that's not uncommon for me in my work to do that, to take phone calls with all kinds of people, whether I know them or not. I don't always um, go through and do like an uh, you know, internet screening of people. I just have always assumed, I guess, maybe perhaps wrongly the best in people. So I agreed to take a phone call. At the last minute, I sort of got a direct message on my um, Twitter DMs. Could I change to a Zoom? Did that. Uh, you know, they were already on the Zoom when I got on. Um, and then only later when someone sent me a copy of the YouTube video, did I actually see that I was included in that. So, um, you know, I, I, I'm not, you know, I don't walk back to things that I said. I was very critical of our NDP government on its failure to address the opioid crisis, failure to provide uh, the social determinants of health. There was some criticism there when I say in the video, where are these people supposed to go? Um, that was actually because I was about to go into debates on the parks and playgrounds legislation, where we know that in, in not every city is a, a harm reduction uh, overdose prevention site. So, you know, am I sorry to appear in that video? Yeah, I, I didn't consent to it. I, I didn't know. Do I agree with the you know video that they've made? No, and I do think it's exploitative. I don't. That's not the kind of thing that I would normally want to appear so in. Did you not know that they were recording you when they recorded you? No, I didn't. And actually, I saw some criticism from some people who were upset with this video that how could I not see one of these, um, you know, normally when I do media interviews, which I do a lot of on uh, through Zoom, I think people have seen me before, it'll come up and say, actually, you're being recorded and you have an opportunity to, oh, crap, sorry about that. I hope you can't hear that. Um, no, that was my alarm telling no. me to come on the radio. Anyway, can't um, hear that. No, uh, but I was wondering though. Is usually you do know, like it does indicate to you that you are being recorded. So I, did that not come up? I never saw. No, I never saw that. So whether they were actually screen capturing me some other way, or maybe uh, when I clicked on, I didn't notice that I just went through that process without you know noticing. But normally, like when I do um, interviews with media, we'll have a like quick chat, and then they'll say it'll come up. Yeah, recording. Start recording. I accept that I'm recording. I say my name. I spell it. The whole schmuggle, right? right? Um, that I'm used to, and I've done hundreds of media interviews over the years. 
but I, I didn't experience that this time, so it didn't alert me. And it wasn't until later that I was like, dang, I think I might have been recorded on that, you know? So, and right. then of course, someone sent me the YouTube and I was like, oh my God, that's terrible. Well, that's what I'm wondering. Yeah. When you watch that video, it is terrible, right? It definitely exploits oh, people. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And so how I did you feel happy. when you saw that you yeah. were actually a very high profile kind of part of that? Oh gosh. I, I felt embarrassed, of course, because, you know, I'm not embarrassed about what I said, but I don't like that characterization. I don't think it's fair to those individuals who are downtown and are sick and need help. They didn't consent to be in a video. And I don't agree with the characterization of Vancouver. It's obviously incorrect as well. There is no legalization of all drugs in BC. It does a disservice to people who are human beings trying to cope with a very horrific situation. The only plus side is that here we are having another conversation, which is a good thing. And I think, you know, the bottom line is, is that there is a terrible problem in Vancouver and in most of our cities now in British Columbia that is not being addressed by this government. That's my job to criticize. The critique that I gave in the video, I think, still stands. I don't want to wantonly, um, you know, go in these type of videos. And, and I do feel sorry if people were hurt by that video. I had no input into how... Um, this video would turn out or what the subject matter and it, how did, they would did do you this did you reach out to the people who made the video and say hey wait a minute this is not what you told me i did yeah and actually i released that screenshot of the dm um but of course they ghosted me they didn't get back to me and it's been seen millions of times so i don't see what difference it would make at this point other than you know me telling my point of view which is that no i didn't you know willingly participate in this type of video that's not the type of work that i do those types of clickbait things are not even things that I would even share on my own channel. I think before this video, there's been other videos. I think that people are well aware of made even by Canadian producers of um, this type of sensationalized um, depiction of our crisis. I don't share those. I wouldn't have wanted to be in one. And it does make me feel sad that people potentially have been hurt um, by this video. Yeah, does it make you more skeptical, though, when you think, look at this, that we are in a situation now where people will try to serve their own benefit with the situation. They will try to manipulate the situation. Does that make you more skeptical about talking to well, people about this? <laughs> I have to be a little bit more cautious now. So the thing was, and, and I think people that know me and even... Um, members of the public, I've always tried to respond personally to every email that someone has told me a personal story about their experience uh, with either losing a loved one in the opioid crisis or a mental health issue or through my education portfolio. And I've always tried to speak in person to anyone who's requested, you know, to have a discussion about policy and where we stand and, and, you know, hear my critique of current policies. I've always done that without having to worry about going through a major vetting process. But now I do have to, unfortunately, I'm going to have to be more cautious, which could take away from some of that interpersonal interaction that I have so freely been able to have over the last Right, but if people are still legit, then you're still still talking to them, right? It's just you'd be weeding out this. (laughs) But even if they record me, I mean, there's not you know, that's why I, I have to make sure I I can't control what other people decide to do with our conversation, but I will continue to stand up for the things that I believe in. I will continue to voice the things that I believe in. I don't think that people um, on the downtown east side in particular are being well served at this time. Don't like the way that the video turned out, but that yeah. message remains true for me. But aren't you concerned, though, that this video is going to be used now in a way that is going to manipulate the situation? 
probably and most definitely I can already tell that, you know, there's individuals who are very upset with um, how vocal I've been against the press to legalize and regulate drugs, uh, hard drugs in British Columbia instead of a medical centered model of safe supply. And I have to say that, um, you know, I I see this as their opportunity to try to discredit me. You know, I feel bad for the situation, but will it stop me from from continuing to stand up for the things that I believe in and that what my party believes in in terms of making sure that we're dealing with a medical centered um, model to help people that you know, we're pressing for a recovery oriented system of care? Right. No, I know that my political opponents love this video. <laughs> you know, they love it and hate it because they want to be able to to try to discredit me. But, you know, I had no control over the, what this video would be. All right. Well, thanks for your time on that. Yeah, no worries. Thanks for having me. Give me an opportunity to, to share my perspective. That's Eleanor Sturko, BC United Shadow Minister for Mental Health and Addictions and Recovery, talking about her experience of being in this video that is very controversial because it does manipulate the situation. It's People say it takes advantage of the vulnerable on the downtown east side, portrays them uh, in just, you know, not the way the situation was when these people were there. And Eleanor Sturko says they recorded her without her consent, and she's not happy about that either. Uh, But I have a feeling that, you know what, you're just going to see more of that with the situation becoming so politically charged down there. For most of us, crime is something we see on the news. We never think it could happen to us until it does. Loved ones are gone. And for the survivors, the scars will never heal. I'm Nancy Hickst, a senior crime reporter for Global News. And on this season of Crime Beat, I'll take you inside some of the most serious crime stories I've covered. Season six of Crime Beat is available now on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, and all podcast platforms.